tēnā koutou. You're listening to a core education Tātai Ahorau podcast. Conversations around a new the Dawn Raid era mm. and especially with the government's apology last year, I just felt, uh, both Dali and I felt, you know, it's, it was a timely time to produce a resource that was going to, in some way, address some of the inequities and the inequalities that were that developed and was a result from the Dawn Raid era. I spent 15 years in a classroom and I totally, totally, as Pacifica educator, absolutely understand the need uh, for these practical and relevant resources that help us to engage, develop confidence, develop understanding. Morena, kia ora, kia ora rai te motu, tayao manuia, oku ou tali tali loto fia fia a Emily. Susu mai lau susunga dalia fa afetai mole tautua iulen 22. Welcome everybody. We are here coming at you live with these wonderful wahine. We have Dalia Malaelu and Emily Sione who are here to have talanoa with us this morning about their incredible puka puka, a new dawn. I am going to hand it over to these wonderful wahine and ask them to introduce themselves, please. I am an author, educator, a publisher and creator of Mila's books and um, and Emily? Mālolele, whakalofalahi atuku mō tōlu osi, ko hingo hāko ko Emily Sione. Hi everyone, my name is Emily Sione and I'm the author of A New Dawn. I am also a consultant editor for a publishing company called Lift Education, as well as a mum of three beautiful kids. Oh, fabulous. All those many pōtai, eh? And still able to do wonderful things like this beautiful book, this Puka Puka, your book has been sitting by my bedside for about two weeks now and I've absolutely loved it. So so thank you, thank you for sharing your story and thank you for your time this morning to have Talanoa with us. Um, my name is Anaheda McGregor and I am the core education host this morning. Absolute pleasure to be here. Um, our Talanoa this morning is going to run, um, I have got some Pātai, some Fesili that I'm going to ask our sisters and um, they're going to talk to us. Now I've been told that these ladies um, do like to talk so aren't we, aren't, we, aren't we blessed with that everyone? So just um, looking forward to our Talanoa, looking forward to hearing your perspectives and we might kick off with our first question if that is okay. Shall we get into it ladies? Yeah, yep, absolutely. Okay. Sounds good. All right, let's go. So our first question this morning is why was A New Dawn written and produced? So I'm going to answer that question. So really what we wanted to do was produce a resource for our children, for our um, Basifika kids and Basifika community. Also, for the last two years, we've, you know, in other years, but mainly the last two years, mm. we've been talking about, you know, these conversations around a new 
the Dawn Raid era, mm. and especially with the government's apology last year, I just felt, uh, both Dali and I felt, you know, it's, it was a timely time to produce a resource that was going to, in some way, address some of the inequities and the inequalities that were, that developed and was a result from the Dawn Raid era and what is felt still today. And I also wanted to make sure that there was a resource that was accessible for not only our Pacifica kids to learn about that time period and learn about the, you know, the discrimination, the inequalities, the racism and the, the feelings of not belonging and not wanted in this country for our kids to read it and understand it. But also for the rest of New Zealand, because, you know, there is discussion around New Zealand history and Pacifica are part of New Zealand history. And our kids needed to know that. And in particular, I wanted my children to know about that and why our people came to New Zealand mm. and understanding the legacy that was started mm. a very long time ago by our people. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, to totally agree with um, what Emily's just said, especially in regards to those uh, culturally responsive and accessible resources. Mm. You know, I spent 15 years in a classroom and I totally, totally, as Pacifica educator, absolutely understand the need for these practical and relevant resources that help us to engage, develop confidence, develop understanding of our own tamati, especially as Pacifica, and, and what a new dawn brings to that. What many don't understand or know or are aware of, even though I think in our own spaces we have some some sense of it but a lot of the spaces that we kind of live and move in yeah. like a lot of pacifica are invisible in those spaces yeah. including the book world emily has a background not just as an author but also in the publishing world so do i and it unfortunately is is, is yeah. it's, it's there's progress and there's movement happening but our kids are not being able we are as pacifica as well as our kids uh, not being seen, heard or valued in the stories that we read. Mm -hmm. And for me, my whole journey started around that because it made me think if we can't be seen or found in something as simple as a book, mm -hmm. what does what message does that tell us? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of the messages that we receive, um, you know, through the work that we do at Miller's Books, through the stories that we create and we gather from our people is that that they feel invisible and that they aren't important and that they aren't valued which connects perfectly to this theme of inequity yeah yeah, yeah. and that's if i can just chime in just mm. very quickly and that sometimes comes mm. between the difference of trade publishing and educational publishing and that comes back mm. to the accessibility and being able to see books that our kids in our community can actually see themselves in. Great answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Oh, so good to hear you talking indeed. But we might move on to our partai tuarua, our second question, if that's okay, ladies. And mm. I think you've already given us a little bit of a taster, but this question mm. is around, you know, what in equities are highlighted in a new dawn well the thing you know about the book is it highlights the discrimination the racism that was felt at the time but one of the things that 
is also kind of highlighting highlighted subtly mm -hmm. was just the availability of information around immigration during that time and mm -hmm. so for a lot of our families they were getting arrested because apparently they didn't have the right paperwork and we know with equity it's about the the sharing of information it's the sharing of what's available to do and what and support what mm -hmm. needs to be done right so that you can stay in New Zealand I can only speak very briefly to that in terms of my experience but there's a whole lot of people that could say well mm -hmm. the information wasn't available to us it wasn't made clear to us because English is a second language and so when you bring all of that feeling to 2022 it's still pretty much the same the feeling of you know it's feeling still of not belonging you don't you, you, you know we're not acceptance. wanted anymore so we don't need you anymore and the feeling of acceptance and that what we would classify as intergenerational trauma from those experiences and it's been passed on through to our children and it's you know for some it's a different feeling and for some it's the same feeling and so our kids, many of our kids come into the classroom with different layers. Mm. And some of those layers have been felt because it's just been passed on. Oh, well, mm. you know, you're going to go to school to get an education, but then you go to school. And then the kids have to try and adapt to that environment, bringing in everything that they have to bring from the home. Mm. So, and the, in, in, you know, and that changes who yeah. they are, yeah. you know. And you're right. Yeah. And that's what happened with um, when we went to the high school for yeah. that visit. Yeah, yeah. You want to speak to that? Yeah. So mm. a couple of girls around 17, 18 shared about how they were one or two of mm. Pacifica kids in a classroom predominantly with Balangis and a Balangi teacher. And they didn't feel mm. comfortable. They felt like they you know, when they commented, they weren't being heard or um, they were playing up. So, you know, it's expected of the, the brown kids. But I think in terms of um, the relationship and the building between teachers and students is teachers um, understanding it and knowing who their children are, their students are, especially in particular, Pasifika. And I know that a lot of teachers will think, well, that's a really big job. And for us, we don't know where to start. And so, it's that partnership. So how do we work in supporting our teachers to be able to work with Pacifica kids mm -hmm. and, and understanding what they bring to the table, what they yeah. bring to the classroom and ensuring that they feel valued, they feel appreciated and what they bring mm -hmm. actually matters. You know, what Emily's talking about was a um, author visit. Mm -hmm. Actually, we're invited to a high school um, spoke to a group of Pacifica students mm. and we had a beautiful talanoa where, where students stood up and they actually shed tears. These are teenagers crying in front of us, yeah. saying uh, about how they don't feel accepted for who they are. Mm. They don't feel like they belong. They don't feel like what they are and who they are and what they bring to the classroom is valued. So they feel a shell of themselves. Mm. And this is not what education should be mm. for our kids. Mm. So when we send off our kids to a classroom and to a school, um, it is with the hope that they are welcomed wholeheartedly as themselves. Um, and that highlights the inequities like right there. Um, and that if we can't bridge that gap and develop that strong bridge of cultural understanding and responsiveness yeah. where we are building relationships um, with our kids, to unpack the layers yeah. of intergenerational trauma mm. and distrust, because yeah. that's what we've got 
who've yeah. got intergenerational trauma and distrust. Mm. Um, unfortunately, as a result of um, our history yeah. and events that have happened here um, for Pacific peoples in New Zealand, um, and if you really take the time um, to look at our history, because I know our amazing host, Anahira, you yeah. delivered um, an, a session yesterday around the history of our history. Um, but if you look at our histories of Pacifica peoples, and I was blessed enough to present last year around this, you will see that our history is full of apologies. Mm. So this is not just one in no. a blue moon. Every no. couple of years, mm. there are apologies. Yeah. And wow. not just little apologies yeah. on grand scales, mm. apologies on behalf of a whole government, on behalf of a whole country. Mm. And in between that, there's other little apologies. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's right. We keep mispronouncing your name. Oh, sorry. Um, league players are complaining and saying about the mistreatment um, of unfair treatment of Pacifica peoples. Yeah. Um, sorry, we asked for your passport during the COVID um, pandemic and that wasn't actually part of the process which highlights and reignites the hurt yeah. from a long long time ago so our systems um, unfortunately they were if we look at the history of them including the education system they were built on and thrive on inequalities yeah. or inequities sorry and you have to ask where are we as Pacifica in these systems you know, where are we? Are we even visible? How are we being heard? How are we capturing our voices? And Dr. Salad talked about it this morning. How are we capturing the mana mm -hmm. and alofa of our and, and caring for our voices and mm -hmm. stories? It's not as simple as a Google survey and ticking boxes yeah. and oh yep, that's yeah. a voice. We've got we've captured it. Yeah. But you haven't, because as Pacifica we come with a whole village. Yeah. We come with a whole history and experience. Mm -hmm. And a Google survey, unfortunately, can't capture that. Yeah. So I always ask, you know, with a new dawn, whenever we produce stories like this, I mean, we've produced other young adult books as well, Tene Samoa, Tama Samoa, that have captured real student voices through providing spaces for them to tell their stories. And their stories are heartbreakingly beautiful. Yeah. But they talk about the education system. These students talk about their experiences, their heartbreaks, the lessons for us, mm -hmm. and the need for real connection, real support, real understanding that is really missing. So I find A New Dawn highlights that yeah. as well, the need for that. But yeah. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, because I like to add. <laughs> I mean, all of all of these points and all of these discussions, you know, they start right from the top. You know, if we if we look at the governance level and we look at our charters, and we look at you know how when you go as a as a board and as you know um, you go on and you make sure that you hear the voices because I think sometimes there's a massive disconnect between the board and their community, and so it's important <laughs> that when you're going in to, to to contribute to your charter and what your aims as a school is. Your, the voices of your community and your students should be right at the forefront mm -hmm. and making sure, because as we know, our two priority groups in education, as anywhere else as well, in any systems, is Māori and Pasifika. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of look at it in that where there's governance and then you've got your teachers producing or the senior management developing your local curriculum the curriculum of your school and then of course your teachers and then the resources a new dawn comes in there but a new dawn should be right from the top 
thinking, okay, how, what is it that we want for our kids? As Pacifica, and I know as, as for Māori, we want our children to succeed as who they are. Mm-hmm. Pacifica succeeding as Pacifica, Māori, you know, um, succeeding. succeeding as Māori. I'll go back to it, that whole thing about our parents came here for a better life, better opportunities, better outcomes. And not to lose who and, we are. And to not lose who we are in terms mm-hmm. of our identity. And our children are not just now you know, full Samoan, full Tongan, full Nguyen's. They are now a whole mixture, very diverse. And that's what our society looks like now. That's how our classrooms look like. Our And so, you know, most of our classrooms that have Pacific and Māori students, it's very diverse. And so decision-making and how ensuring that the equity is distributed mm. in a way that's going to benefit all students as especially, you know, for us as, you know, for Pacifica and Māori students. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I am enthralled with your discussion here today and I can feel my nose getting a little bit fizzy and my, my <laughs> eyes getting a little bit tingly as, as you tell us the, what it's really like, right? It's the resonance, right? And the, and just the, the, the absolute aroha for our spaces. All right, I'm going to pull myself together and I'm going to get my piece of paper. All right, we're going to talk about this concept of stories and how they can, how powerful a story can be, right? What do you believe? How do you feel that our stories enable more equitable outcomes for our students? The power Mm. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, first and foremost, the kids can see themselves in those stories. They can see, wow, there's a brown face there or just something about that I can relate to. And it ensures that, as Dahlia has said throughout this conversation, is that our children are seen, they're heard, and that they're valued. We work and we help each other and help especially our kids to try and work and make sure that we, in terms of the the disconnection between Mm. them and the education system, they can walk into a room and go, oh my gosh, I'm the only brown person. And instead they walk in and go, right, so where do we go from here? What are we doing today? And having that confidence, you know, what's their purpose there? But also the role of the school is to ensure that they support that, provide the access, provide the access to the resources, provide the access to the education that they have the right to. And in an education that values who they are and what they bring to the classroom as well. Can I just add like probably a few points if you truly know us as Pacifica, you will know that we are storytellers. Mm. If you knew us as Pacifica, you will know how important stories are to us. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the importance and the power of story, mm. like stories for us connect mm. us. History. They connect well. us, absolutely. Um, they help us to talk. They articulate ideas for us. Mm. Even in traditional Pacifica elements of our culture, storytelling and oratory Mm. is one thing it is hugely important to us and ultimately I feel like our stories heal and they have the power to heal that distrust they to work on that trauma that our our Tamati and our people carry with us Mm -hmm. and if I can also highlight Dr Valerie Hannon's Mm -hmm. keynote yesterday she Mm -hmm. started with something I, I, I said in my presentation last year 
the most important story you will ever tell is the story you tell yourself. Mm. And the story our Pacifica Tamiti tell themselves is that who they are and what they are does not matter. As a result of their experiences, as a result of their parents' and family's experiences here in New Zealand. And this, unfortunately, is what we're dealing with in the classroom. So when we're trying to look, focus on learning, assessment, evaluation, progress, it's a it's it's a shadow to what the real issues are mm. and we are in the field of actually connecting encouraging Talanoa to develop their understanding and confidence and healing mm. so we are all part of that journey yeah as educators school leaders school managers yeah. school communities even us yeah. as publishers and writers of resources that to support those journeys yeah. because everyone needs to be on that waka. Yeah. 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 And a new dawn for me mm. was healing as well mm. of something that was contained for many years. Mm. And I always ask myself, why was I like that at a certain period of time in my life? And I think it's, you know, it's really important what, what Dahlia mm. said is that we all have a story, and for some for some of us, we think, oh, by keeping it in, it's gonna, you know, be okay and it's gonna heal. But sometimes the story needs to be told mm-hmm. as part of the healing. Yeah, absolutely. And and our mm. some of our children need the opportunity to be able to tell that in a safe, yeah. safe environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. My daughter is 13 and we're going to read this together. I had hoped to read it together before our presentation today. However, my gosh, it is just written in such a, an incredible way. And, you know, you've painted the story in a way that just hits the heart so deeply and lays out all of the facts. However, you've also got a promise of hope in here as well, what mm-hmm. I uh, I really wanted to acknowledge and I wanted to pick up on the point you talked about your you know our kids seeing themselves right we need to have a whole bookshelf uh, with these types of books on them keep going I don't yeah. know whether anyone in their audience has read the porangi boy have you read the porangi boy yeah. ladies so that's my daughter's favorite book and I felt felt really sad we went to unity books the other the day and she was looking and looking to find another book like the porangi mm-hmm. boy because yeah. she found that that was the she said that it's, it's yeah. me when I read that and yeah. and I yeah. could hear her reading it and laughing and she's going oh they talk just like my father yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. and that's it because in the same way around access that's so it. we're needing schools to be aware of this right but unfortunately there are gatekeepers There are people in charge of resourcing who think, and I have been personally told, oh, but our island kids in our school don't read those island books. And I've been like, oh, wow, thanks for speaking for them. (laughs) Like, I have personally been told that to my face. I've also been personally told that islanders don't read and write anyway. I've also been told that I've been told many things along this journey, and it just fuels Mm. us at Mila's Books because... We are very fortunate to be the only all Pacifica publishing team in the world. So that's the mana we bring to this work. And unfortunately, there are people both within our industries and education and in publishing who don't understand the importance of that for our people. Mm. We get gatekeepers in the publishing industry too. So Mm. you may go to a bookstore and ask, oh, where are these type of books? Oh, no, we don't know about them or we don't have them. 
And it's like, no, we've told you about it. Yeah. You don't want them. Yeah. So well, it comes down to money. Real, yeah, it comes down to money. Yeah. But paradigm shifts, but the money side also comes down to the audience. Yeah. And their mm. audience is predominantly Balangi. Mm. So they are automatically discounting our stories yeah. as Pacifica and as Māori just because their traditional audience is Balangi. Now, why is that? Yeah. Because mm. Māori and Pacifica books have not been on their shelves forever. Mm. So they will keep perpetuating this stereotype that we don't read, we don't buy books, we don't write, and that the cycle continues. Mm. And this is what will happen in the education system with gatekeepers. Mm. So we need to really have people who are in charge in terms of leadership, in terms of those people in roles of power, to be really reflective and actually understand their tauira so that they know their real needs. And they'll only know their real needs when they know their real story. But are you brave enough to know your children's real stories? Because when I work with children across New Zealand, Pacifica, Tamati, across New Zealand, to gather their stories, why is it that me, a Pacifica mother, educator, author, publisher from Wellington Mm. can go to Hastings, Auckland, Christchurch, Taranaki, and instantly I am gathering stories from students who I've been told, oh, they're actually not really that keen on writing, or actually they don't read a lot. And I'm like, hey, this doesn't make sense that I can come, spend three workshops with them and get a story from them to be able to publish in a book and share with the whole world. Wow. So there's real there's real disconnects, unfortunately, across all our industries. But there's also that whole thing about the guidelines, the box which we have mm. to write our stories in. And uh, Dahlia talked about oral stories. And so sometimes what is written, if you're not meeting those guidelines or they're not making sense, then it's not a good story. However, when you tell the story, orally and you add in power and you add in entertainment and stuff like that it becomes a story and so it's how do we work to make sure that that is captured on paper and that what you write does matter but you know the the other thing is also you need people who believe in you you need people who are able to work like a wordsmith or work that story and make it become what it is like for example Dali and I work together on a new dawn and it's like that also you just highlighted as well. The when you gather our stories from yeah. us, our children, it is definitely not in a way as in go check your Google Classroom. Yeah. I've written the instruction for the story you yeah. need to write and yeah. write it. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you do that, our kids go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Too hard. It's too it, hard. It's too hard. Yeah. Well, it's typical of like mm. what you expect from me, which is not really mm. going to access me and what I know. Whereas there needs to be great care yeah. because you, when you capture our stories or our children's stories as well, you've got to take into account their experiences, their pain, their trauma, the mistrust that they have. Mm-hmm. And the care that you need to take is all-encompassing mm-hmm. and it comes with that relationship. And you need to do so in a way that keeps ensures that the story's mana is kept, yeah. but more importantly, the storyteller's mana, mana. is kept. Mm. Because they've already been hit 
throughout yeah. their whole lives of what they can't do, what they can't be. Yeah. So as soon, and we've also, and I've heard from another student um, recently, is miss, they just use and abuse us. They like us when we we do good things and when we sing for them and when we win their, when we perform for them and when we dance for them. As soon as that's gone, yeah. they don't want to know us. Yeah. So this is what the kids tell us. Yeah. Like this is the words they tell us. And even the parents. Yep. Yeah. Because it's interesting you say that because, you know, the classroom that uh, we visited not too long ago, when the girls were talking about their experiences, and I said, you know, I'm 48 years old, and that's how I felt so many years ago. Mm. Same problems, different era. And so how do we work towards changing that? How do mm. we, work, you know, work towards making sure that the kids and their storytelling and their stories, again, comes back to being valued, appreciated, and working through those different layers. And it's a big job. L yeah. Let's be honest. It's a big job. I mean, we're Basifika, and we know. We know what our kids and our families come with. It's not a simple, here's the list. We're a big village, no. and with that mm. comes different different layers, different things. And so we work, we work through that, mm. and it and it takes a bit of patience and it takes a bit of time and not everyone's going to agree with what I'm saying, but this just comes down to our own experiences of working with, with children, classrooms and schools, mm. decision making. And so, yeah. You're right, girl. Powerful, powerful messages. I think I'm going to be forever known as the core host that cried all the time during the, <laughs> the pain, right? The pain mm. and the inequity. And it just hits you again and again as a sucker punch. It's just like, oh my gosh, still, still. And such powerful messages. So thank you for sharing. So, so powerful. And I think you, you know, that we naturally went into our next question, oh. really. And maybe just want to talk a little bit about this picture, Koe Pongi Pongi Fool. And is this uh, the, the Tongan language version of your yes. puka puka? Yeah? Yes, yes. And in that photo, getting a bit emotional. I always get emotional when I see this picture, is my grandmother and my mom on the right side and my grandfather and my dad on the other side and it was my um grandfather who decided and made a decision for the family to come to new zealand mm. yeah absolutely. yeah and it was really important for us to so I'll my hug. <laughs> very important. i told myself i wouldn't cry today so i'll, I'll cry I'll it's all right you. it's an islander talanoa if, if you're not laughing, if you're not crying, <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah. So so we're on track. Koe Pongi Pongi was a really easy decision for us. But this is this is the understanding we have as Pasifika. Mm. We could not tell Emily's story, A New Dawn, without honouring her ancestors yeah. who went through mm. the journey and are part of that healing journey as, mm. as part of her ainga. So her Tongan grandparents here featured Nafetelai, um, Ahulele and uh, Emily. Ahulele, they were impacted and they were deported back to Tonga as part of Emily's story. So just it's not even a second thought that we needed to honour them in this way and do it in the Tongan language. If I can just <laughs> add to that, one of the other reasons too why I felt that we needed to do this book was, was just a reminder to our younger generation, the sacrifices, the, the hardships 
and and the good times that our people went through in order for them to have a good education or mm. to have opportunities to to mm. do, have jobs and things like that because sometimes our children don't understand that or know that and sometimes they take it for granted and mm. so for me it was just reminding my kids hey you know this has happened but I heard a, a brilliant saying not too long ago we stand on the shoulders of giants mm. and we do I think of the Māori image, I think it's the army where our soldier is standing there and behind him are all his ancestors who are supporting them. And so we acknowledge those who have come and gone and those who are here because mm-hmm. we are, we're a village. We all, mm-hmm. We're all trying to fight and ensure that our children have a better outcome. And that's what it's always been about, mm-hmm. is to have better outcomes for our kids and better opportunities for our kids and reminding them that um, they come from people of resilience and you may have to take a few obstacles along the way in order to get to where Mm. you are. But whatever decision you make in life, it's really important that we continue to support our kids because I think sometimes our kids think, well, I didn't become a lawyer. I decided to become the founder of Black Grace and do dance. Mm -hmm. That's equally important as well or Mm. I'm working in a supermarket or I'm Mm. working at McDonald's again what's wrong with that you're still doing something for yourself and for your family yeah all part of a master plan eh? and the master plan was that we it was we were designed for greatness right and heard a quarter or just this week and the the phrase that is atua given and tupuna driven and I thought Mm. that was really powerful and kind of connects with what you're you're talking to us about now so thank you just want to acknowledge your Mm. your ancestors here and their path and you write about it in the book so please everyone I'm I hopefully you've got another tab open as you're listening and you are googling how you can buy this book (laughs) read it you really do so I think we might have even addressed this but this is around you know what does equity look like Mm. in publishing I think we went there quite naturally Um, (laughs) do you want any final comments around publishing yeah Yeah, definitely I think there's a few key things to clear up first of all like I believe that there's a misguided idea of equity yeah we understand the idea of equity but then we measure through the lens of equality. Yeah. Mm. So mm. take, for example, perfect example, te reo Māori. Mm. Everyone understands the inequities that Māori have faced here in Aotearoa, around the reo, um, around the tikanga, or everything, you know, um, right back from the tiriti or waitangi. We understand that and we nod our heads and we mm. like to acknowledge it about Tick-tick the injustices. Box. Yeah. But as soon as things go into are put in place or put in action, all of a sudden, oh, but that's not fair. It's a bit much, don't you think? Yeah. Because it's not fair. And it's that too, whole that whole it's yeah. not fair, as soon as I hear that phrase, I go, you're looking at it through an, a lens of equality. Yeah. Because if you're looking at it through equality, you will automatically go, that's not fair. What yeah. about us? This is a bit much. Yeah. You know, you don't need to ram it in my throat. And it's like, you know, you have that language and it's all over social media. Unfortunately, you have proud teachers commenting on social media, saying and backing up the same thing, being given charge over our our ultimatum in their care. 
who were saying, yeah, it is a bit much, you know. I, I didn't hard. get into teaching because <laughs> um, I was going to be a te reo teacher. And it's mm. like, no, 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 that's not the mindset. You're still yeah. in a default or deficit mindset. Because if you were looking at it through an equity lens, mm. you will fully understand why there is need for te reo Māori. You will fully understand why there needs to be consistent support yeah. and professional development around cultural responsive practices for Māori and Pasifika. And the benefits that come from and the it. The benefits that actually come yeah. from it that actually benefit all Everybody. children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's studies, there's research yeah. galore that shows us and mm. tells us this. But that deficit thinking that, unfortunately, a lot of our teachers have been trained by a system, an education system, mm -hmm. where we have not been seen, heard and valued. Mm -hmm. So there is huge work that needs to be done, not just within the system, but the gatekeepers and the teachers of our system. So that's why I always have a foot in both doors, because... Yeah. Yes, we need to do more work, teachers, and understanding and having this kind of dialogue. Yeah. But we also need support, man. Yeah. Mm. So I love, like, I know as a teacher, 15 years, things like to be dropped on us, as in the best <sighs> new thing to do. Schools, jobs are to unpack it. We have no time. Yeah. We have no resources, no support. And that is inequitable. Mm. So... There's almost inequities within the inequities. Mm. So if we're wanting to drive real change, there needs to be support in terms of not just the pedagogy, but yep. also the follow-up and the actions. And the support in terms of resourcing isn't just throwing money at it. Yeah. The bus ficker way is thank you very much for that money, yep. but where is the support, the hands-on support? Where is the resourcing? Where's the practical things that mm. I can implement and actually do tomorrow? Not next term, not the next curriculum that we do for 2023 or 2024 when we have a whole new staff that all of a sudden changes. Yeah. The, so there's just so many gaps, and that is the same in publishing. It's the exact same thing that is happening. And I believe that equity for us is, is actually dismantling systems. I actually hate the word system. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's creating these safe spaces of uh, opportunities and understanding that really prioritise the development of like skills, competencies and values. Then this way, we could actually allow for real time, time mm. to support yeah. and be fully resourced to produce and promote authentic stories by us and for us. Yeah. And that would work across all yeah. systems. Yeah. You know, I go into not just schools for PD or or talks. I go into organisations and talk to them. And it's the same thing around needing to know our stories. People mm. being shocked when they hear about the details, the missing mm. details of the dawn raids. Yeah. People not understanding that our history with New Zealand goes Long before yeah. the dawn raids. Way before that. We celebrated the 60th year of Samoan independence yeah. this year. And then the, the flu story always continues to come up. Yep. You know, the mistreatment of mm. our people. There's a long, long history of it that people are unaware of. Yeah. So we yeah. need the time, mm. the space and the resources and the real support yeah. around that kind of mahi to allow us to reflect to allow that supporting of those paradigm shifts that are hugely needed yeah. across mm -hmm. the whole. We can just have a more equitable space and 
a more equitable outcomes for our tomatey. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you touched on the whole support thing because, you know, to assume that a Balangi teacher is going to pick up a resource that's been produced for them, you know, and it's got Pacifica content or Māori content and then expecting them to know what how to use it. Some will be able to and some won't. And so how do we support them as a community, as a Pacifica community? Mm-hmm. And so we've got, you know, rupus who are made up of Pacifica and Māori. So how do we support our school and our teachers to be able to teach things that are that are cultural as well? Because it's massive. And so it's important that it's that whole thing about partnership, about mm-hmm. working together, but also making sure that we're, res- you know, it's mm-hmm. respect as well, because we, we do bring a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. And we just, at the end of the day, we want the best for our kids better outcomes, better opportunities, and confident children, confident in who they are in terms of their identity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, incredible. Oh, given us so much gold this morning. question here is what can schools do to do better to support Pacifica succeeding as Pacifica? I'm, I'm just going to very quickly and use an experience that I have as a child, you know, a student growing up and going to school. Some of the best teachers that I had and some of them were Pākehā and are still very good friends with to this day were the ones who took to, the time to know me. They took the time to know who I was as and a person. Story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my story and what I brought from home into the school, why I was sometimes an angry child or a happy child, but <laughs> they knew me. And then they worked around what, you know, what worked for me in terms of what engaged me in terms of my own learning mm. and what didn't didn't engage me, what made me not even want to have anything to do with it. Mm. I act out in class, believe it or not. I act out in class, even went got sent to the principal's office. But I just want to make, you know, so backgrounds people. And so it's really respecting and trying to understand who they are, their whole order, their well-being, their mental health. Mm-hmm. And I just know for a lot of our kids, they've got so much going on at home. And we're not going to be able to, and I'm, I'm going to say this, we're not going to be able to save all our kids, but we, you have to work as hard as you can to try to help them. Work with the communities, work with us, you know, talk to us because we may be the in-between people who'll be able to connect you with the families and help you. Um, One school, one or two schools, they actually, some of the parents, you know, that's trustworthy, go with the teachers to a home to talk to the parents and help them and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Again, it it comes down to what Dahlia talked about was building of trust. And I built that trust with my teachers. I think, like, just to chime in there. Yeah, go for it. I think my answer to that is really simple just ensure that you work towards making yeah making sure that our kids are seen heard and valued if you can utilize our stories in a safe and accessible way whether it's from Tamiti in your classroom their ainga your community whether it's our stories at Miller's books yeah just realize and know that there is real power in our stories. Mm. They are an amazing tool to capture and engage and build confidence and develop connections. Mm. So I think what's really important is just to always look towards connecting. That's right. Encouraging talanoa mm. that develops confidence and understanding Listen. that will ultimately help our children heal on their journeys and our yeah. families and our communities. I want us to move from right. being 
a generation full of with a generation of apologies to a generation of accountability and action. So that's that's the goal that mm. I want for us as Pacifica and for us as a community of educators and learners, because we're continually learning, never yeah. stop learning. Yeah. That title being a teacher does not mean that we are the all-knowing, all-seeing mm. being. We actually need each other. Yeah. We need our ancestors. We need to be the village that our children have been searching for. So, and in saying that, I'd like to just end with a poem from a student. So we at Miller's Books are producing the world's first ever Pacifica, a student Pacifica poetry collection. So we've worked with students across the motu yeah. to capture their stories through poetry. This one is perfect. I selected this one, yeah. and it is from uh, it is by Mercy Illy, and she is a currently head girl at Hastings Girls High School, who have done huge work mm-hmm. in terms of responsive practice and streaming as well in schools. So, it's titled "Islands in the Stream." Islands don't belong in streams. Shallow water cannot help islands grow or be understood. Racist undercurrents hold it in place. Stuck between rocks, scraping the bottom along the way, this island is destined to fail. Mm. With the dream of flourishing coconut trees, not achieved. Culture and identity stripped bare to be like the stream controllers, gatekeepers. No leaders needed, isolated, lonely, dying islands. But I've seen islands in the Moana, flourishing in the light of connections, unity, commanding tidal waves, powered by language and acceptance. These islands only see merit and excellence upon the horizon. Anchored in diversity and endless opportunities, powered by journeying together. Opportunities along the Moana are endless, interconnected, Learning, living, thriving, achieving. Streams resist the Moana's power, but with help from the Almighty, his winds, waves and currents built upon hope, faith, dreams that help us dismantle restricted streams that trickle into the darkness of shallow puddles. No more tomorrow or on the soon-to-never-come list It was yesterday for the generations of my people who drowned. It is now for my people today to fulfill fulfill their destinies by commanding the moana because the day has come. Where all streams flow freely, where we flow freely into the moana, where we belong. That is from Altamati. So please listen to them. Mm. Would probably be my final message. (laughs) There you go. We oh, we end in tears and laughter. <laughs> oh. I'm meant to be the host. There's something. There's uh, something right about now. But I think a pause is probably just the most fitting thing to to sit in that moment and to sit with the tears. Eh? And um, wow, Kariaku Kupu. It is just um. Thank you. Altamati are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And my job, mm. I'm grateful for my job. My job is to show them, show the world how amazing they are. Mm. 
Are there any specific approaches that you would recommend for asking mm. a Pacifica student for their story? That is such a good question. Oh. Thank you. There's work before yeah. you even approach. Yeah. Yeah, it is not start with the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah, it must start with ensuring that you've got a good relationship mm. and a good connection. Mm. We are very good. At, we've probably been trained our Pacifica kids and Pacifica mm. people have been trained our whole lives to kind of sift through, like, hmm, yeah, to kind of suss you out first. Yeah, sit and listen. The very before any words are exchanged, there has to be a relationship and a connection, a one built around aloha, around trust, around respect, and around warmth and care. Yeah. Because that relationship will dictate the work that comes after. Yeah. And if we know, and in the most simplest terms which I explain to kids, if we know you are ride or die for us, yeah. we are ride or die for you for life. That's how strong Pacifica and Māori connections are. Yeah. You know, I'm still connected to my old high school students, or my whole old high school teachers because of this. Our connections and our aloha and our respect goes, beyond, eh? goes yeah. beyond classrooms. Yeah. So once that is set, and it's safe and accessible, you literally negotiate it. And you it has yeah. to be um, a partnership. Yeah. As soon as that relationship is solidified and it's, it's it, it feels like it feels safe and mm -hmm. accessible for all parties yeah. involved, because if you are not familiar with Pacifica, you will need to do the work too to understand yeah. as well and where up, they're coming yeah. from. And ask for that help. Yep. You know, we're more than happy to help you because also the other thing is we want to make sure that it's a safe place for you. So it's safe for all involved because there are cultural, cultural things that you won't know or how you talk to a student or, you know, because for this, a lot of our students, they look at teachers as the boss. They're the authoritative. There's and, a lot of layers you've got to peel and, back. And like, oh, I've got to do what they say. And, I, you know, yeah. oh, and as Dali was saying, it's building that relationship, building that trust because you'll be amazed how those students change and what comes out of them. Their real story. Their confidence. So I've yeah. collected the stories of over, what, Tainu Samoa, Tama Samoa, now the poetry book mm. of nearly over 90 students across New Zealand, across all our books. Mm. And these are students I don't have relationships with that I've known like that I'm their teacher, but I have tools and strategies yeah. as a Pacifica person that I utilise to capture those stories. So it is the relationship first and foremost. It is understanding that to the fullest extent mm. culturally as well. Yeah. The other thing I moved to is the Talanoa model. So yeah. if you're an educator and you are not sure of Pacifica frameworks, there, there are plenty. Yeah. Look at the back of your Tapasa book. Tapasa, yeah. The Talanoa model is based off, I found it through Timothy Violetti, mm. who is an academic an education researcher as well, and it covers four elements. And if you can tell a noir and capture a story through tell a noir, you've basically yeah. you've basically captured their yeah. story in a safe way because yeah. it covers all these elements. We it gets transferred. Yeah. Once, but, yeah. And another thing, yeah. another thing to note is do not believe, do not assume, sorry, that Pacifica are the best people as well to 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 access Pacifica because mm. we also in this environment yeah. and everything we've experienced can yeah. be challenging. Yeah. So yeah, challenges even within our own community as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So we all need pedagogical kind of check-in or reflection to make sure that we are in the right space ourselves mm. and prepared 
to be able to do this kind of work. Yeah. And like Dahlia said, we ourselves are, you know, um, are learners. We're still learning yep. ourselves. Never so, stop you learning. Know, ne we never stop learning. And even especially with our children when they come in, you know, they're of mixed cultures, as I said before. And so they bring a diverse world and knowledge and what may happen in our own culture actually mm. it's changed over time as we know culture changes yep. as well and how people adapt it to yep. work for their families and so we ourselves as like yeah as Dahlia said man but it's so worth the journey it is I swear read <laughs> our Tate Samoa book read our Tama Samoa book you'll be able to read this, and a new dawn <laughs> this yeah new dawn but you'll be also be able to read the Pacifica Navigators that's yeah. going to be our student poultry book and they are true real life stories and mm -hmm. when I shared this with the teachers because I worked with their teachers too to gain these stories the teachers were in tears mm. they had no they were like I, I didn't know this they don't tell me this mm. And, it's, and that's the work we've got to do. How do we get to a place in a space where our kids can freely, openly tell you that, Miss, mm. I actually feel like I don't belong. Miss, I can actually see the world from where I am. And I am telling you that streams suffocate us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, Altimati, they have the answers. Mm. But when are we going to listen to them? When are mm. we going to give space and the chances to empower them to cha help change the world for themselves and for us yeah. we're on the mm. same way so mm. why are we not mm. focusing all our time space and energies and resources and supporting mm. those connections to be made so that we can we mm. can actually build a stronger village yeah. to mm. actually dismantle inequitable systems because yeah. mm. we all know it's wrong yeah and we all mm. know it doesn't <laughs> it's, it's almost like we're just born into it and we've got to work mm. ourselves through it and yeah. we shouldn't have to our kids shouldn't have to so how can we make it better for them mm. Mm. Amen. how can we do that how can you do that um how we, we've got to write and um we've just got to do better there isn't a choice and we have to go there but um you have certainly blessed us with your with your cordial this morning with our shared talanoa. So grateful. I know that I, I, I myself want to just commit more and more, and I hope that all of our participants, all of our ULEARN delegates are certainly feeling the call on their hearts as well. Thank you so very much for your time. We are so grateful and we have learned a lot and certainly inspired and encouraged to keep going. I just want to end with um, doing a mihi also to our interpreters here. Um, tēnā kōrua. Thank you to have that. We know the inequities in that space as well. So uh, e mihi atuana kia tātou katoa ko rauhina i tēnei ata. A haere me te aroha nui, uh, kia tau ngā mana ki tanga ki runga, kia tātou katoa. Tēnā koutou, kia ora tātou. Tēnā koutou, you've been listening to a Core Education Tātai Ahorau podcast.